0: Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Collective Podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by uh, Doug Peters, founder of Wanderlost Media. And stays busy with many other things. Doug, thanks for taking the time to be be on this episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you invited me out. Uh, it's been like two months we've been trying to get together and make this happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to finally have it happening.
0: Yeah, it's cool, man. It's been a while since we've hung out, we were just talking about it a yeah, second ago. I know. But...
1: I know life man yeah you've been doing you've been real busy too so it hasn't just been like my schedule's been crazy right you've been busy with a lot of stuff too which I'm really excited to hopefully hear a little bit more about whatever you're able you <laughs> to share right. that's being recorded yeah. <laughs> afterwards you can tell me all the cool details <laughs> but just not recorded right
0: Right. yeah what have you been up to really uh, oh
1: man um, a lot of different stuff a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff has been changing uh, recently so I uh, recently have kind of taken a little bit more of a step back from a lot of my creative endeavors, Sure. Uh, just kind of the things that happen in life. Um, realized that I wanted to spend a little bit more time focusing on the uh, the things that are making me money at the moment because mm-hmm. I've just got some, some financial goals and stuff I'm trying to hit in the next 12 months that if I don't stay 100% dedicated, there's a chance I might not hit that. So yeah. I want to get that stuff out of the way, but uh, I've still been doing a lot of stuff, just haven't really been sharing it a lot, so I've still been doing a lot of like photography work, some paid gigs, uh, yep. some actual fun stuff that I've got in the works, like a good friend of mine, actually the other host on our podcast, so I'm yeah. a part of the Epion Royal podcast, if you guys remember Tim Bagwell that was on a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, Our buddy Fernando just got married and is having a kid. So like we're planning a really cool apple orchard shoot and I'm just I love fall. Yeah. I love fall. So they were like, (laughs) these are the couple things we care about. Let your creativity run wild. And I'm just like, Yes, all the colors. It's just, oh, it's gonna be so much fun. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, so I've been doing some stuff like that. Um just a lot of really just a lot of stuff on the side. I've been writing a lot more music because I kind of neglected uh my the music side of my creative journey mm-hmm. for the last like two years. Yeah. Um. So I started spending a little bit more time doing stuff like that. And uh, funny enough, me and a good buddy of mine, we were uh, not sober uh, like <laughs> a week ago, a week or so ago, and we were sitting in his backyard just talking about weird music stuff. And he showed me this like really really out there band. I don't even. It's not really a band. They're they're labeled as a quartet. Oh, and it's okay. these dudes that like he. He's one of those people that just goes down rabbit holes. Yeah. So he's watching something on YouTube, and then, like, four hours later, he's watching something that's got, like, a 1,000 followers, and he loves it because it's just so off the wall. Yeah. And uh, he found these artists because they're apparently, like, one of the most intense music theory uh, appliers in their music. Oh. And he's showing me this stuff, and it's just this weird music, man. I'm like, yeah. this is just kind of creepy stuff. And he just looks at me, and he's like, yo, This is the type of stuff that you listen to when you live underground (laughs) and it's dark. Yeah. And you're angry, and you're yeah. depressed, and you're hunched over, and you're just working for no fucking reason. Okay. And we went on, like, a three-hour tangent, <laughs> and we actually started writing, a like, a novel, like, a story. Really? So it's something that, like, I'm not going to release any details, because I don't know what we're going to do with it. We've got a lot of different plans we might make, to try to put it in a movie, into a movie form. I was even thinking maybe a video game or something like that. Oh, but cool. But we, like, within 48 hours after that happening, got so into it that i got like documents on my laptop typed up so like just been really the last few months especially just been trying to branch and allow the like the creativity and the the creative energy that i have kind of flow in whatever way
0: that's cool yeah Yeah,
1: because so much of my life has literally just been music i was just a musician i played guitar that's what i did yep. so yeah so it's a lot more fun getting into other stuff
0: yeah sure what uh what was the name of that quartet by the way or the oh band? man let me
1: let me pull it up real quick because i actually added it because while we were uh writing like when I, we were thinking of ideas i purposely like to listen to music that puts me in that mindset mm-hmm. so i was like i gotta download this stuff because i gotta listen to this weird shit if i want to keep writing this story right, <laughs> um, right. what is it Ben Johnston, string quartets number six, seven, and eight. Okay. And it's this, and like listen to this one, the second one, it's string quartet number seven, eerie. Okay. And it's literally one of the weird, like, it sounds like like really creepy background music from like a video game. That's or something. sick, yeah. Like that's what that it sounds sweet. like. They're, but like they're actually playing. It's all this really funky stuff. They're doing yeah. stuff where like there's They'll play two different scales, but each scale has, like, maybe two notes that are the same. Okay. So they'll harmonize those notes, but then branch off to where you have two different scales playing. And it's, oh, like, this weird. really intricate stuff. You would pr- probably really dig it being a music guy. Yeah. Like, listening to it from a theory mindset, it's pretty pretty cool is to it? listen to. Yeah. But if you just, like, are listening to it, you're like, what the fuck so is
0: going on? is there any, like... With their music, I mean, is it strictly string quartet, or do they incorporate anything else into their sound? Everything
1: that I've heard is just string quartet. That's awesome. Everything I've heard, it's yeah. literally just string quartet. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I, I don't know if they're using the whatever instruments they're playing to create any kind of percussive sounds, but it sounds like there is some percussive sounds thrown in there, too. Yeah. Uh, whether they use an actual percussion is, instrument or not is yeah. beyond me, because I was like... I already know too much about this weird band. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I'm
0: excited to check them out. I I love string quartets. Like yeah. I think I've showed you like Olaf or Arnold or whatever. You dude, know?
1: I was actually uh the so- I can't remember what name of the, what the name of the song is that you showed me the last time we hung out. But I was driving yeah. in my car listening to my music on shuffle, yeah. and that came on, yeah. and I, that was when I was like, I was literally like, dude, we got to do that podcast. Like yeah. I just instantly thought of you. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something about it, man. Just. You know, obviously, he's a piano player, but, like, I feel like at least a good 75% of his sound is just, like, the strings, you know? like His string players are so phenomenal. Um, I wish I remembered, like, the names of the players themselves, but, like, they just bring such an interesting sound themselves to his music that he gets credited with that sound. And he's, like, you know, it's my violin player that really... Yeah. you know, comes up with these sounds, you know, and he's really humble in that aspect. But man, I just love, I love the sound of the string quartet, just yeah. like smaller ensembles like that, you know, um, some of like the libraries I use in my music, I'll use, you know, smaller like quartets or even like a chamber uh, ensembles, so oh, yep. like 16 players or so, and it just gives that like real intimate sound. Yep. You know, you get those mics that are really close to like the strings and you, you just... It sounds different than like a big sixty-piece orchestra where everything is just blended and it's lush and massive. You hear like more fine details in the playing and the bowing, and I love that kind of stuff. So I get so sucked into like, I don't know what you'd call it, like the sonics of. Uh, i th- hearing
1: those. I think I know what you're trying to say. Like, and I agree wholeheartedly. I think it's more or less. Um, it adds an element into the actual storytelling of the sound that yes. is unique in its own yeah. way because of how simple it is. Yes, it's so simple that it's like it's a concept of like if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it sounds exactly. so good because like that's me like too. Whenever I'm writing, so I'm one of those those guitarists that I learned how to use Guitar Pro really early in my career. Like sure. I'm talking, I'm sorry. Uh, what is it, Erebus music, I definitely torrented Guitar Pro 4 and 5. (laughs) I paid for 6 and 7, so don't hunt me down. I use a paid version now, but I was like 13 with no money, so I definitely torrented that stuff. But uh, it's to the point where whenever I'm like, I have an idea to write a song, I open up a Guitar Pro file, and Mm -hmm. immediately I'm putting in a drum, Two rhythm guitars, two lead guitars, a clean guitar, a Celesta, a violin, a um, piano, and a choir. Immediately, Immediately, because I already know in my head there's gonna be parts of the story that I want to portray that I know those instruments are gonna get the feeling. And that's what I've really focused on in my writing, especially like I said, I started doing a lot more writing recently. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing that I focused on is like, Early in my, in, in, in my musical journey, as I think most people are, you're just trying to get better, so you only care about the skill and the talent. Yes. Like, you're just writing the most, like, difficult things that stretch your actual ability. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at the point where it's not about that anymore yeah. for my writing. It's about how am I going to portray the exact feeling that I have. Yes into a sound that somebody else can hear and either feel that same feeling or feel what they want to feel with it. Yes, And sometimes that means writing something super simple where a guitar riff repeats right. for 64 measures yep. but all of the strings are changing or something yes. like that.
0: You know, there's a song I think about, have you ever listened to a band called This Will Destroy You? No. they've. Uh, I guess their genre would be considered post-rock, so they're similar to like Explosions in the Sky or... Uh, Cigaros. They're kind of in that like realm of music, but they've got this song called uh the Mighty Rio Grande. And uh it's it's a long song, man. Yeah. I I'm gonna say it's anywhere from like probably 8 to 11 minutes long, somewhere in that. So it's, Let's like, see, a pretty long song. I listened song. to
1: the new Periphery album, and their first yeah. track is oh, 18 yes. minutes. So, like, that's Phenomenal. what I think when I think a long song. So 8 yeah. to 11, that ain't bad. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> this song itself is, like... That's, like, dream like, theater level. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You're not getting right, too past Right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this, this song is very, like, simple sounding. It's, like, yeah. very simple guitars. There's, like, this, like, drone that's going through the whole thing sucks you in and then there's just just constant pounding drumbeat and they're really just playing the same thing for like i don't know probably at least six minutes of the song it's the same (laughs) thing before they change it up but it's just this constant build and it's something about like that simplified thing like that song's been used in movies there's this movie called the room i don't know if you've seen it but really intense movie um i don't want to explain the whole thing but basically this girl was abducted by this guy and kept in a shed when okay. she was like 17 and the movie starts you know she had a kid with this guy that abducted her and all this kid knows is this shed he doesn't okay. know what trees are or anything like it's a really uh, but but um when they come up with a plan to escape this shed this slow burn this will destroy oh, you song okay. it's just like pounding and building yeah
1: and like so it's like that how how much is how the repetitive how repetitive it is. That's like we were saying, it like that is needed to tell the story. Yes, and that man. stuff is so cool. To it be.
0: makes you feel like the song itself, like, feels so hopeful. Yeah. And uh it just man, like yeah. it's just a tearjerker and it's oh, like they're awesome. only playing like five notes. Why am I getting so emotional yeah. about this? You know what I mean? And I so. think that's
1: what can make like such a good song too. Yes, like yeah. uh I, I I I especially love stuff like that too, where it's like it, it can be the most simple thing. Because, like, that's another thing that I've tried to really focus on with my writing in the last year or so is, like, I don't know if you're familiar. Most people are familiar with, but I don't know if you've ever listened to his solo stuff, Jason Richardson.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah
1: he, just, he was in Born of Osiris, yep. All Shall Perish, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much, like, every big progressive metal band that's out right now. Yeah. Um, in his solo stuff, I remember reading an interview where, uh, I mean, obviously it's Jason Richardson. The guy's like, shredding at like 320 bpm 16 <laughs> right. notes for like three straight minutes yes. <laughs> yeah. but one thing that he said in an interview was so prolific to me that it really like that I remember hearing that and being like alright cool that's kind of the direction I'm trying to think of towards my music and he said when he's writing guitar especially in a world of a genre that's guitar driven yes. music he doesn't look at it this way he's right. like the guitar is just another ingredient it in is the a song. tool yeah it's just another ingredient in the song yes. it doesn't need to be the focus 100 of mm-hmm. the time and that's what, like i've tried to focus on that with my writing Where yes. yeah i do have those parts where like the guitars whether it's just like everything drops and there's just a riff or if it's like just a really good lead comes in right mm-hmm. at the perfect time ends at the perfect time yeah. but it's not like the whole song from start to finish is just focused on what the guitar riff is doing. A lot of times it's like, no, the guitar is just doing this something super simple, but there's two Celestas in the background that are a half note off from each other playing. It's where it's bouncing in between your ears or something like that. That's the... like that's the voice of that part of the song exactly and i think that's something that like i think that we're going to see a lot more of that especially in guitar driven music is the guitar is not being the focus and i actually love that because it's forcing people to think out the box for the first time in like a decade with heavy music
0: Yep. yeah it's like
1: pretty much ever since like i would say the last big thing was like gent when the whole gent quote-unquote movement happened that was like the last big change in heavy music ever since then there hasn't been anything
0: i think man like i'm excited to hear more of the stuff he's gonna put out because that's all his solo stuff right that he's talking about yeah i think like that's part of the reason i got so into like some metal bands like born of osiris or i was a really big fan of like the faceless oh yeah um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man Michael like,
1: what's that guy's name uh, uh michael Keane. yeah michael Keane. yeah that crazy guy he's sitting there screaming and playing yes. like the most ridiculous stuff like right oh my god that blew my mind the first time i heard them the, i haven't heard that name in a while oh, i'm gonna have so to listen good. to them on the way yes home. dude
0: <laughs> and like for me like I am more of, like, a album guy than a song guy. 100%. So You know what I mean? I like one
1: song, I'm downloading the album and listening to yeah. the whole thing. Because <laughs> right, generally right. the first song I heard is not my favorite.
0: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, like, with some of, the, like, the Born of Osiris music or the Faceless music, I think, you know, the guitar work obviously is in your face Phenomenal. or whatever. Yeah. But there's something that seems so, like, I don't know if thematic is the word, but there was something, like, some kind of atmosphere they created in the background of their yeah. music that really like kind of started to draw me into ambient music or film music it all kind of like came off of like how heavily uh
1: like you were influenced in, in yeah, yeah. influenced
0: into metal music yeah. you know and like Board of
1: Osiris was so good with that because they're keyboard player yes yeah he is like Phenomenal! I've have you ever seen them live?
0: I haven't seen them live. He's literally
1: like doing all the backup screams and just wailing on the keys, like everything that they have that's created by any kind of MIDI device or a keyboard, he Mm -hmm. plays live. Yes. He, like, fully plays live, and I think that is just amazing. It's, like, very little backtracked anything. Right. They're doing as much live as they could, and that's why Born of Osiris has always been one of my biggest influence and one of my favorite bands for that simple fact that they just, like, no bullshit. Do you
0: have a a favorite record
1: from Um, them? Ooh... It re- that's hard. I would okay. say overall the most influential record to me was definitely the Discovery. That's, yes, a hundred percent. That was okay. that was the only album they had Jason Richardson on, yeah. and it really took them to the forefront. Because I had been listening to them like I'm talking before Born of Osiris was Born of Osiris. Okay, yeah, like sure. I'm talking all the way back to like what was what was the name of the band? It was like. Uh, it was Hearts Bleed Something or whatever when they oh, were like twelve okay. years old. Oh, and then wow. they changed the name to Rosecrans. Yes, and I then they that. changed it to Born of Osiris and made Rosecrans the first EP. Yes, yeah. Like I've been listening to them since then. And wow. it was like I always loved their music, but um The Discovery was the first album where they really focused on the songwriting. And yeah. you could tell, because if yes. you listen to anything before that, New Rain, anything like that, mm-hmm. it was all just Cool individual riffs, but they yes. just piled them together. Now there was no solid like verse, chorus, bridge, solo, whatever. Yeah. It was just kind of like an amalgamation of whatever they felt like writing, right. which I respected. And me being a young guitarist at the time, I loved yes. because it was it was a little different than a lot of the other stuff that was out. But when the discovery came out, they yes. blended the best of their abilities with mm-hmm. the with an actual com- composition and songwriting. Yeah, and it just blew my mind. I remember. Yeah when that album came out, I tuned my seven string guitar because that was the first guitar, I, Like the, well technically the second guitar I ever had was a seven string. Okay. It was an old 1999 Ibanez RG uh, uh, 7620.
0: Okay, okay. With the vampire
1: kiss finish, the thing <laughs> looked pink on stage. Oh. I loved that thing, but it was like one of the first production model Ibanez seven strings. Okay. Um, but I remember tuning that boy into drop G, and I used to literally play the first six songs on that album as like my warm up. ever. like that's sure. what I that's what oh, I spent the day man. doing is just ri- just wailing those songs. Yeah, they they changed the way that I played guitar so much. That was like uh-huh. one of the key albums that really like influenced me the most. Yes, yeah, so that's so awesome. good.
0: Did you uh, you listen to what would it be? Is it the new rain—that's their first album, right? It's, it's born of Osiris. Right? Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure uh, Cause new rain because that's the one that they uh, and let then pulled this up. They list. like redid.
0: Yes, I was going to ask you. Did you listen to? Dude, the- Dude, it's so good—the it remix
1: and master version. Oh, oh my god! god. Man. They kept the perfect feel from the first one, but added like. So much new, fresh elements, but kept it. Yes. They almost added like a nostalgia factor into it. They did. They were like nostalgia fucking cells. Let's yep. figure this out, and it was yes. just oh, dude, it was flawless. I don't even listen to the original anymore.
0: It, uh, yeah, like I feel at ya. all. I feel yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, a new rain, and then the new version was the eternal rain. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then a higher place, the discovery, place. and I actually really liked Soul Sphere. Um, tomorrow we die alive was really good, just because they, but. For me, that album I can't listen to too much, because I felt like that album, they they had just kicked out Jason Richardson, he Mm -hmm. went to Chelsea Grin, and then that album came out. And I feel like they were like, "All right, what really made the last album good was that we just wrote really structured songs and made every part a breakdown with piano in the background and tried to make it catchy. And they just made a whole album of that. Yeah. And that's good, mm-hmm. but it just got real boring after a while. Sure. Whereas the the newest one, our Soul Sphere, yeah. that one was sick. Like have you ever have you ever listened to uh
0: Is that the one with the Is it Throw Me to the Jungle? Is that that album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they,
1: like, that song sucks. I hate that song. They don't even like that song. (laughs) I remember when that came out as, like, a single, and uh, Cameron, the uh, drummer, posted all over social media about how they didn't pick that song as the single. They were mad it was the single, everything. But there's a song on there called Resilience. Okay. If you listen to that song, literally, it sounds like Halloween. Really? It is the coolest thing (sighs) in the world. That's it. The lead is, like, the most insane, like... Uh, melody, I would say it's like less of a lead and just more of like a arpeggio thing. It's so crazy, but it sounds like Halloween. That's the coolest thing in the I'm world. Like I will to literally the just listen to that song. That is sweet. yeah, wow, <laughs> it's so good.
0: I've got to listen to that album as a whole too, because with that album. I liked what I heard, but it was really just a song here, a song there. I yeah. really got to give it the time. To, like, it was hard to
1: get into that album so much after the last album, Tomorrow We Die Alive. Like, yeah. That album, again, it wasn't bad, mm-hmm. but it was like... I almost had like a like a predetermined bias of what Soul Sphere was going to sound like, so I didn't give it a, a good honest shot. Yes, yeah. So that's I, I agree with you on that. I need to go back and revisit that.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's I bad. want to... Uh... I got to listen. I, like, for The Faceless, man, I think uh, Planetary Duality is, like, the best that's, thing ever. Yeah, it's yeah. Like if you know album, The Faceless,
1: that's the song, that's you know, the, or yeah, the, that one, you know, right, 100%. Yeah. You
2: know.
0: yeah, it's, like, everything about that is just, like, so perfect. Like, I love everything that they put out, honestly, but, like, I I hate to say it. I don't think that they'll ever make anything is as perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's just phenomenal. When you listen
1: to that, you it, it's kind of like... Uh, what was it uh what was the name of the album that white chapel released it was i want to say their third or fourth album
2: man i'm so bad with titles i I,
1: I haven't i haven't listened to them in so long that i can't remember the exact name of the album and i can't remember any song names uh i gotta look this up real quick yeah it's gonna make me lose my mind um (laughs) but i remember when that album came out the one that i'm thinking of and literally the moment i heard it i was like I can tell that this is what this band has wanted to sound like their whole career. Like, this is the album that they've been trying to make. Really? And it's like, oh man, what the
0: fuck is I the think one? they put out a new record not too long I ago. I stopped too. paying
1: attention after they tried to say, try to do all that, that yee haw, the saws, the law bullshit. And I was okay, just like, I yeah. can't get down with this. Right. Um, a new era of corruption. Okay. When that album came out, that was their third studio album. It had like The oh, Breeding yeah. Violence, Darkest Day of Man, Reprogrammed to Hate, uh, Murder Sermon, uh, Single File to Dehumanization, Animus, stuff like that. That album, like literally, especially in that time frame, because I think that album came out in like 2010, 2011. Okay. Uh, it was, I heard it and I was like, yep, this is exactly what they have wanted to sound like. I felt the same way when uh, The Contortionist released, uh, released um, Language, their first uh... album with... Uh, oh man what's the guy's name mike lessard okay the, yes i know what, yeah i know when what that album came album. out that album like blew me away yeah i literally didn't listen to another i did not i kept it as like the first cd in my car mm-hmm. and i didn't listen to anything else for like six months really yeah it was the same thing when um noir came out by novelist like two years ago not, i
0: haven't listened to it. that yet. is yeah.
1: amazing amazing novelist is probably my favorite band ever when I first heard them uh, they had a song come out called 20 Years and it was literally the first song a band ever wrote and the moment I heard it I was just like this is what I've been trying to write for like 9 years was this exact album like this exact sound and it was just like nail on the head And ever since then they've been by far my favorite band
0: I know uh, not to change the subject just talking about music I know that you know it's probably been a while now but I know you were sending me some stuff you were working on I mean, are you working on an album right now still? Or, I mean, where, where are you at?
1: Anybody that knows me knows I'm always working on an album. <laughs> okay. I'm always working on an album. Yeah. I always got some type of concept thing I'm working on. Like, uh, I think the last thing that I sent you, that was the one where it was all, like, the uh, the Japanese. Right?
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, it was yeah. all
1: this. The entire album was based on um, the, because uh, there was 12 songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was based on the entire flow and uh, what I would imagine the sound of the changing of every month And season, and like that's cool. I went and did the research and, uh, in order made like the actual, uh, like each song is attributed to the traditional meaning for each month. That's so, like, in Japanese tradition, it was like there was like the month of harvest, the month of crops, the month of rainwater, and stuff like that. Okay, and uh, that was the whole concept behind beside within that album, and I still have it finished, and uh. Actually, what I was working on is a, a good buddy of mine. He was actually the guitar, the other guitarist in my first band yeah. um, that I was in. Uh, we stayed friends for a long time. I finally, after like four years, convinced him to buy another seven string. Oh, okay. and uh, that's what we were initially going to do. I was like, "Yo, I got this album. I want to finally start working on it." Yeah, and we were listening to it, and like I showed him it, and he's he absolutely loved it. But um, he's not. I like and I don't want to say this in a way that sounds pretentious or elitist but he's not at the same skill level as me.
2: Okay. Yeah. Over
1: the years he's focused on developing different a different skill set with sure. music than I have and he's never been somebody that wrote music as much. Okay. So he's not as forward of a writer. Yep, as I, I am whereas yep. like literally uh since me and him have started working together um so we decided that we were gonna not do that we weren't gonna work on that album either we're maybe gonna work on it down the road or I was just gonna do it myself when I had the 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 availability and the resources just make it and get it out there under my own name or whatever. Okay. Um, because that song that album actually has a lot of really important songs to me. A yeah. lot of songs I wrote during some really like tough stuff that happened over the last two years, mm-hmm. like losing family members, stuff like that. So that's got mm-hmm. a lot of sentiment to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've started writing some other stuff and it's the like it made me realize how absolutely ludicrous I am when I'm writing like literally we're sitting in his house and we're jamming and he literally was just riffing some stuff and it's the point where I'll literally be like yo that five note run you just played play that over and over and over and over and over again so I can type it up and I'm and literally within like 12 hours I had a full composed written song that's for. Sick. It. Yeah. Like that's that's how like ridiculous I am when I'm I'm writing. It's like a 0 to 100. Yes, I'll yeah. go months without writing something and then I'll finish 3 <laughs> songs in 2 days. Yeah. That you hear them and you're like, "Oh my god, this is such a masterpiece. Right. What the hell?" Right. I'm like, "Yeah, I I I uh just like <laughs> had three Oberons. And I smoked, and next thing you know, I had them all finished. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's absolutely ridiculous when I actually sit down and write. But that's kind of what we've been doing now is we've just been kind of starting fresh and just kind of balancing stuff. And it's been super casual just because of, like I said, I've kind of put some stuff on the back burner. It's not Mm -hmm. like the forefront focus because I've got some short-term goals I'm trying to just get taken care of. Um, So we're just kind of slowly working on it But the stuff that we have After the podcast I'll show you like one or two of the songs uh, They're really really cool it's a little bit different than what i i I mean it's obviously still my style um but it's a little different of a style than i've ever wrote okay Uh, one of the songs i straight up was listening to nothing but invent animate for like three weeks really and i was just like this shit is so
2: good (laughs) (laughs) i
1: was like i want to write a song like this so like i did but then the last half of the song is just totally me like full orchestra comes out all this crazy stuff's happening and then next thing you know you're like who was this even influenced by? Yeah. Like where did you pull this from? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's Man. how I, my writing process is very, very strange. Is and there sporadic.
0: So you obviously listen to quite a wide variety of music. Yeah. Is there any music I don't know if I'd say guilty pleasure, but something like so off the beaten path, if someone listened to your music, they'd have no idea that you get inspired like so heavily by something like I've
1: wrote an entire song that was entirely uh, inspired by a beat in Ken- in a Kendrick Lamar song. Really, okay. I've done stuff like that because I do. I listen to such a wide variety. Like I'm, I literally sit there and jam like Cab Calloway. Kev okay. Calloway wrote like all like all the music for like 1920s Disney music and shit, like oh, films yeah. and shit like yeah, that. Like he wrote like the Mini the Moocher and stuff like oh, that. Like, okay. I'll yeah, listen I'll sure. randomly listen to stuff like that. That weird quartet band I found that I kinda like some of theirs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm l I'll l i will I find myself going on my Apple music and throwing one of their tracks on. Uh, yep. Um but yeah, I mean I I listen to such a wide variety. Like even just recently I've been like I'll throw on stuff like uh like, I have that. I randomly decided that I was going to listen to my four favorite albums of Atreyu. You yeah, know, I see Atreyu, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin Gates, uh, this guy, Annie Mineo, uh The Wonder Years, Knucklepuck.
2: Um Co-heed.
1: Oh, moving Foxing, on. Foxing, yeah, Minus yeah. the Bear. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll throw weird stuff in there, and then all of a sudden, like, you see stuff like uh yeah there's viljarda thrown in there and then all this this town needs guns pine grove um the receiving end of sirens i just throw like oh i am a huge fan of the halo 5 soundtrack
0: oh okay i'll literally listen to the
1: whole like like 40 song soundtrack who's the
0: composer on that um
1: it's uh kazuma jinochi okay and it's phenomenal like I'll listen to. I literally will listen to just the randomness things. Most of the time, what I'm listening to is either um, like getting a feel. Mm-hmm. if I'm like, I don't even care what genre it is, but like this song, the the way the chorus hits. yes. like if I'm writing something, and I'm like, I want it to hit a certain way. I'll imagine I'll just like find something that is like that mm-hmm. and listen to it. So I'm like, okay so that's what they did they had the string start at the third beat of the measure they'll do this they'll do this yeah. they'll do this just to get an inspiration to be like all right cool well maybe let me fuck with that now let me have right. this this riff that i want maybe i'll start it halfway through and there's only other parts playing so like you'll just hear half of the lead measure and then all of a sudden all this weird stuff comes in like yeah yeah so that's kind of how i i determine what i'm listening to is more or less like what i'm trying to write for the most part. Okay. And then I do have like my guilty pleasure stuff like 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 I said all like the pop punk. Yeah. When it's the end of summer, I always find myself listening to a lot of like The Story So Far and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um
0: do you get into stuff like Turnover
1: or Um they've come on on like my Apple Music radio playlist sometimes and I'm not not a fan but they're usually i'm usually like oh, i want to listen to there's something else i want to listen to so yeah. i've just never given them an honest shot okay they're, yeah. they're, they're one of those bands that i know i've needed to but i just haven't <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah i've been listening to them recently for some reason um obviously i saw that you listen to youth by uh citizen oh that album is album. so good yeah, yeah. so that's...
1: good <laughs> oh yeah i was literally like damn near crying in my car the other day on my way home for the night just blaring the night i drove alone <laughs> that's it man that's, that's all that's you good. listen to that song and you're like yup, this is what the album is it's great <laughs>
0: that is the song i it's always go to if so i pull that album. it's so up. good
1: yeah that actually i found i came across them again because i uh I like to, if I'm listening to a song and I'm like, I really like this song and I want to hear more like this song, I just make like a, create a radio station yeah. on Apple Music and that song came through on one of them and I was oh, like, I need to listen to this album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: that's cool, man. Yeah. Shit, Uh, you got me thinking about music. I know that you're pretty big Lydia guy too, which is cool. I love Lydia. It hits, dude. Fall time, like I know we're getting into fall, man. That's like Lydia's always on. One thing that I
1: gotta say, and I might get crucified for this, (laughs) the more I've listened to it, their new album is my least
0: favorite. I'm with you.
1: The more I've, it's not a bad album, but the more I've listened to it, the more and more I listen to it, I just, I really liked. um, Man, I'm so horrible with names and stuff. Run wild run wild that yep, yep. yep. that was my favorite lydia album okay by far yeah as much as like i love their older stuff like i could jam hospital any day of the week sure it's such a good like that that like the album that that was on again i'm horrible i forget the name of it but that was a good album but whenever i'm like i want to listen to lydia the first thing i go to is run wild yeah. and i always skip the first song i always go right to Riverman. okay i could listen to that song on repeat because yeah. that's like we were saying most of that song is literally repeated it's the yeah. same drum beat with the yeah. same fill when they just decide to switch between verse and chorus. Yeah. And it's the same two guitar riffs the entire song, but it's flawless. Yes. It's yeah. so perfect. Yeah. Just love it. <laughs>
0: Did you like Devil, that album, too? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Hell
1: yeah. Me and my buddy, uh, the one that I'm writing this story with, yeah. uh, we actually used to do open mics and we were thinking about starting to try to do them again he actually wants me to come over tomorrow night with my acoustic and the strings just broke today oh, while i was trying <laughs> and i have to order like i can't just go buy the strings i have to order them online so uh, um but we used to do open mics and we were thinking like if we wanted to do that again that's the song we wanted to do was cool. the acoustic version of devil because cool. i love that so uh, much Yep. Yeah. You know, we used to do like a bunch of city in color and the spill canvas oh, and okay. stuff like yeah. that and then we'd throw in like uh Remembering Sunday by All Time Low. Oh and shit man, like that. yeah, like, dude. Just, just old jams, yeah. man.
0: <laughs> I used to be. I know before, obviously, before I met you, I used to be pretty into acoustic stuff. I used to, you know, yeah. do acoustic music or whatever. And, yeah. You know, hearing hearing songs like that or you know bands or whatever, I'm like, they oh bring my back. god, dude, brings the me memories, right back. Man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah remembering yep. Sunday. Holy
1: shit. It was such a good song. Yeah. It was yeah. so good. So like, I actually just found I can show you it afterwards. Um, it's very embarrassing. So the light, is, so nobody else will ever hear it in the entire <laughs> world. But me and him actually recorded a cover of that and. uh Oh, man, what's the Spill Canvas song? Um,
2: Fuck, I can't remember Yeah, yeah. But
1: I've got two covers of us doing each of those songs recorded on my old... 2013 MacBook Pro in the middle of winter in my yeah. dad's garage. Oh, awesome, <laughs> like <man. laughs> we took uh a guitar that he actually bought from Tim. Yeah. <laughs> it was an Ibanez acoustic electric and we plugged that boy into this tiny little M audio like single track. Oh uh, my god. Like, Uh, interface and pop that boy into GarageBand and we recorded that. It was (laughs) it was ridiculous. That's awesome. Yeah but I found them on my SoundCloud private the other day and was just like no way. (laughs) I sound so young (laughs) because like I can't sing like, I know how to technically sing, but my voice does not sound good when singing. Okay. And I tried to sing on these songs yeah. and, like, do all the harmonies. <laughs> it's horrible. I was listening to it, and I was just, like, oh, oh, giving myself dude. a headache, but I love it. Dude, <laughs> do
0: you find yourself, like, kind of cringing at the old stuff? Oh, or yeah. yeah? That's yeah. How I just that,
1: me. though. Like, a lot of the other stuff, like, there's songs that I wrote back in, like, that, time like right around high school and stuff like that that i listen to now and i'm like holy shit i was so ahead of my time
2: oh really there's stuff
1: that i have written full songs right now that if i Recorded and released them in this day and age, they would 100% fit. Nobody would know that I wrote them nine years ago.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool, man. It,
1: yeah, it's it's crazy. I love yeah. listening to y'all. That's why like, I'm glad I used Guitar Pro in writing yes. throughout my career because I have so much stuff that's saved now. Okay. It's documented. I don't have to try to bring it from memory or try to recreate it. Yeah. I have a file that I can pull up anytime and re listen to. And yeah. a lot of times there's even been some stuff that I repurposed. Oh, really? I mean, like, I like the, the first half of this song but the last half i don't know what the hell i was doing let me redo it <laughs> yeah or like i'll hear some of oh, the way i wrote before or like the way that i did harmonies or something i'll be like oh i want to do that again with this mm-hmm. riff i've got that i wrote a, a week ago or something like that so yeah that's why like a lot of a lot of musicians trash on that and that's okay i don't give a fuck uh i absolutely am so thankful that i learned how to use guitar pro because it has yeah. helped me so much in my in my Lifetime
0: yeah, I know that was like back in high school and I played in various bands That was definitely a tool like we used a lot to write music with and so I'm kind of familiar with guitar pro But um
1: everybody I knew used uh tux guitar with a little penguin. It's just like crappy guitar pro Okay, it's like free guitar pro with like barely any instruments and like no RSE. Yeah, It it was horrible really and I always tried to get people to convert I even kept Sorry, I uh, torrented it and saved it on a memory <laughs> stick with a key generator and used to give it all, all my friends and try to force them to use it and yeah. they would still never use it. And I was still the only one using what Guitar Pro hell? and I hated it. Yeah, <laughs> man. That's cool. Do Sorry, you, Aerobus. Do,
0: what do you use? So, I mean, you use Guitar Pro to uh, to write music. I mean, as far as recording goes, you GarageBand. I logic don't or? record. You don't record? Because okay.
1: I am... Way too impatient to learn how to mix and master. Sure, and I suck at it, and I don't. And I know I could easily learn because mm-hmm. it's a skill. Yeah, if it's a skill, anybody in the world could learn it. Yep. I'm just too impatient. And I okay. don't want to learn it. Yep. So that's why, like, I have easily like 200 fully finished songs over my years that nobody has ever like seen the light of day of because I just won't record it myself. Yeah, which is a downfall of mine because I even have like people that I know. That And this is not me trying to be, like, uh, pretentious or anything like that, that have told me that they feel I'm, like, the best writer in Michigan. Yeah. But I'm just lazy and nobody's ever heard my shit. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a problem. And that's why, like, I – as that's going to be a, a big focus is I want to start trying to get something out there yeah. and even if it's just like a song here or there and that's why like if you like I've even posted a couple just playthrough videos yeah. of like me playing something with my guitar pro- profile literally playing on my Mac behind me yeah. really loud enough to where and then I'll just like Export the whole song as an MP3 and layer it underneath so it's a little louder and you can hear it. Yeah. And I'm just acoustically playing along with it, like not Uh even plugged in, just so that you can hear the full song. Right. And like watch what I'm playing. I've done that a lot too, just as a way to get it out there without going through the process of actually recording it and stuff like that. Which I want to do. Yeah. I really, really, really want to do because there's a lot of the stuff that I have that like I know especially with, like, somebody that could actually mix and master it, make it sound good, would be groundbreaking.
2: Yeah. Like, I'm
1: pretty convinced. There's some stuff, there's a few songs that I will, like, toot my own horn on that I sometimes am like, holy shit, I can't believe I wrote this. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good feeling, man. (laughs) It is. It's amazing. Like, I get so giddy with excitement (laughs) thinking about them. I have all the MP3s on my phone, and I'll literally listen to the Guitar Pro RSE'd, like, realistic sound engine mp3s in my car and i'm just jamming like Sounds i don't like, even care like, like this shit's good <laughs> it's
0: like old school video game music you know when you do yeah. those i yeah. love it man yeah
1: all the 8-bit stuff i yeah. i always loved it's at least at least with the rse it doesn't sound 8-bit it just definitely does not sound like real instruments yes yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, like right. I, I can at least get a feel for what it'll sound like when it's recorded yeah. but i know it'll sound so much
0: better yep yeah. yeah exactly that's cool, man. Well. Not completely change topics, but uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, Wanderlust Media.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: I know, you know, right now you're kind of focused on some financial goals, and you haven't been posting, you know, as many videos. But you're staying busy.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm assuming you're gonna want to come back to Wanderlust. Is, is more of well, a...
1: so uh, yeah. And we were talking about this before we started recording. Um, there's an actual reason why I stopped posting, and it, that's actually doesn't have anything to do with me changing my prior- priorities. I actually stopped posting before that. Okay. And the reason being is uh so like this is gonna be a very long-winded explanation. Okay. So bear with me and, <laughs> and I apologize because I knew this was gonna be something you were gonna ask. Yeah. So I literally for like two days have been like compiling my answer to this question. So let me start by saying by prefacing that I have this like very instilled belief that anybody that pursues any type of creative path along that journey there's a lot of fundamentals that come with with whatever that creative thing is and it is just natural like moths to a flame that anybody in a creative field will naturally want to branch out and try other creative endeavors sure so i like like i was saying like i fully believe that there are like fundamentals in it so my view on on art in general a lot of people that art is an expression and things like that i actually don't believe that what i fully believe is that art is a story yep no matter what whether it's whether you're trying to get across a one word story a feeling of a story or a nine movie story every piece of art that's ever created is with the intention to create a story so i feel with on the being on the path of any type of creative endeavor like us we're musicians yeah you have a camera. Yep. You've dabbled in photography. I bet you've tried doing like writing, stuff like that. It's yeah. natural because you learn the fundamentals of storytelling right. by going through a creative process and through a journey, it's easy to just pick up a different storytelling tool. Yeah. So that's what happened with me with photography is I was always really interested in it, and it also didn't help being good friends with Tim, the owner of Epion Royal. I've been involved with the brand for so long, and just being around in the environment, it's been natural that he's literally just stuck a camera or a phone in my face and said, and either had me as a part of a video or pictures or something, or a post, or been like, hey, I need you to take this picture of me, or I need you to film this, or I need you to do this. So I was already kind of uh, uh, pre-exposed to it, to the, the art form itself, but, When I first picked up a camera, like a a DSLR, I was already like, and Tim will even tell you this, this is something he told me. The first time I ever did a photo shoot with the intentions of it being an Epion Royal photo shoot, Mm -hmm. at the end I sent him all the files and he straight up, he was like, I took college classes for photography and with the work you just sent me, you could have tested out of all those classes. Really? Because I had been developing my storytelling ability when I picked up a camera, it was so easy. Literally six weeks after I bought my Canon Rebel T6 from Best Buy on a fucking credit card, because I was like, I'm buying a camera, I wanna buy a camera now. Six weeks later, I had money in my pocket because of my photography. Like I put money in my pocket. It wasn't a lot, yeah. but six weeks in, that was more than what people that, and some people that have done years, years. of work have done. Yeah. I, like I still put money in my pocket. So the, bit, the problem with that is that when I first picked up photography and, and was doing videography and vlogs and stuff like that, I did not allow myself the chance to learn how to do this art form for myself okay because i picked it up immediately with the intentions of like i'm gonna find a way to make money doing this i was immediately doing a creative like endeavor for other people the moment i picked it up and it got to the point where it was just taxing yeah like even though i loved it i like i didn't get passionate about it and passion is something that's not just born it's a it's a skill oh, yeah. you learn passion like think of when you like what was the first instrument you learned how to play guitar guitar yeah you weren't passionate when you first picked it up no when you first picked it up you just thought it was cool right You're like oh yeah it's cool it's something fun to do yeah I like just jamming around a little bit and then like something clicks, and then you all of a sudden you're like, I actually love this. I'm not just playing guitar. I'm a guitarist.
0: Yes, yeah. and that's
1: what it was for me. Like three years into learning playing guitar, I was like, Oh, this is, this is it. Like yeah. I'm a guitarist. Yeah, this is a part of who I. M. Yeah, I didn't give myself the chance to develop that for photography before already trying to just go at it, balls to the wall, full yeah. force.
0: It's a quick way to burn out. It is. Yeah. And I burned
1: out real quick to the point where, like, dude, the, the, we just said at the beginning of this podcast that we haven't hung out since last winter. Yeah. I recorded a vlog for last winter. I literally dumped it on my hard drive and never looked at it again. Really? Because that was right around the time I was really kind of getting getting to that, like, burnout stage because I was just piling on work to to learn the skill but I wasn't passionate about the skill which made me not passionate about the work. Yeah. The work I was putting out was really good still because mm-hmm. I mean I've still gotten paid clients since then. Sure, I just don't share any of this stuff yeah. because it's just, that was a big thing because I went so balls to the wall. Like I'm talking, I was planning out all my posts. I literally yeah. had a Dropbox folder and I had I, f- I went through my insights. I figured out when my followers were most active on Instagram. I purposely was posting my pictures 30 minutes before so they can get traction. So by the time all my followers were active, it had already like kind of worked with the algorithm to show more of them the, the, the finished product. Yeah. So literally, I was planning seven full days, an 8.30 a.m. and a 2.30 p.m. post. And I would literally save the pictures in the file as... Day one eight thirty. Day one two thirty. Day two eight thirty. Day two two thirty. Wow. And I was doing that for like a month, wow. where I was just twice a day everything, and then it just got to the point where I literally zero like a hundred to zero was just like I don't I don't, I don't wanna fucking do this. Yeah. Like, I just I just don't. So yeah. I stopped posting on Instagram. I stopped posting videos because I wanted to take that big step. That was another thing I wanted to take a step back in. I was like no. I want to learn how much I love this before trying to act like I love it. Yeah. Like, I still do, like I said, I'm still doing photography all the time. My camera bag is literally on, like, if it's not on me, it's in my car Mm -hmm. or it's in my house charging everything. (laughs) And I always have it on me. I'm still taking pictures and I still am, like, like, making stuff and, and involved in the art. I just, I've also kind of taken a huge step back from social media like yeah. i deleted facebook off my uh my first phone my main phone okay <laughs> <laughs> my second phone i keep that as like i play hella pokemon on it hell yeah, yeah Okay. like I, right. I that was literally the deciding factor to buying an android like i gotta i have my iphone 10s um which is my main phone especially with doing photography uh there's a couple things that, that iphones have that just blew my mind so like in iMessage you know you can send uncompressed files Oh, really? I don't know. Uncompressed, completely uncompressed. Wow. So, like a lot of clients, most people have an iPhone. I will literally send clients. I will i message them their their photos if it's one or two photos because oh. it's completely uncompressed. Wow. They save it right on their phone and then they're able to post the highest possible quality right onto Instagram or Facebook.
0: Wow. I didn't know that. That's yeah. sick.
1: Things like that. You can send completely uncompressed files, no limit on them. So like I can even send big documents and stuff like that. Yeah. It. So I knew I had to. And I've had Apple products for forever. Yeah. I've had two or three uh, uh, MacBooks, I've had iPads, I've had an Apple Watch, like iMacs, I've been in the ecosystem. So like, I needed to have an iPhone, but you can get emulators on Android. Oh, okay. And I can play hella Pokemon Leaf Green. Oh, Pokemon Silver. Sick. So that's okay. what I that's what I had. That was my deciding factor in like buying a second phone. Yeah. I was literally just like I walked into a T Mobile and I was just like, How much is this? Alright, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and the first thing I did when I went home was downloaded a Nintendo DS emulator <laughs> and I downloaded Pokemon Emerald yeah. and I beat the shit out of that game in like nine hours. <laughs>
2: Amazing. Um uh, but
1: no, what I've tried to do with it is I've also been kind of like separating parts of my life. So like my iPhone is with me all the time because that's kind of my like everyday phone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I have all my business stuff on because I do multiple businesses and that's and and all that good stuff. And then my Google, my Pixel phone usually either stays in my armrest and if I'm driving all day just have it, but that's the one that I keep all my social media on. Oh, and because it's forced me to like I don't go on social media when it's during the day, like okay. from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., those are business hours. Yeah, 24, like Seven days a week, that's business hours. If it's yeah. nine PM or nine AM to nine PM, I'm focusing on money producing activities. Yeah. After nine a- nine PM, that's my free time. That's when I go on social media. I yeah. check my shit for the day. Sometimes I won't even check for like two, three days. Yeah. Like I pulled this thing out of my armrest today and it was dead. Really? From like two days ago. Because I <laughs> I accidentally left it in there. Yeah. But uh I that was another thing is I just kinda dropped off from social media at the same time that I decided I wanted to step back from trying to push photography so much as a business. I wanted to learn to love it first. And that's what I've been really doing. And it's actually been helping. Like, I find myself enjoying grabbing my camera more often rather than feeling like it's a job.
0: That's so smart too, man. Like, I've never really, like, the way you word that, you know, it's just such a insightful way to think about that too because like i think with today and how culture is it's so go 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 and it's so easy to get caught up in that and if you're not taking the time to reflect on if you're actually enjoying it you'll probably end up despising and hating the craft eventually you know what i mean so exactly that's and and we're in this
1: wave of social of where social media is at and where the the world is at and it's like one of the things that i think is really attesting to it is the fact that um like, I'm a big self-development person. Mm-hmm. I listen to audiobooks all the time. I read yeah. at least like one book a week. Yeah. Uh, I really love that. But I think what because stuff like that is so accessible, um, especially with creative, like passion project stuff, people have learned have been like brainwashed into thinking that like, and I kind of agree with it in a sense, like, oh, you can make money doing whatever you want. And you can, mm-hmm. but what that's also entitled is the wishy-washy people. Sure, the people that are literally like, "Oh, I can make money do, do a YouTube, fuck yeah! I'm making a YouTube channel, and I'm just going at it and going at it and going at it." Yeah. And 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 that's not just, and I'm not just using YouTube as like the sole proprietor of that problem. I think that's just like a really good example. Yeah. But. You see that a lot, of, not nowadays. Is people just automatically think if you're going to put your time into something, you no matter what you need to make money doing it, and yeah. you need to make that your whole life. Yeah. And I feel like that's a good thing in moderation. Sure. Like you need, if you really love something, doing something, the true per, the the true point of life is find something you love doing and find a way to make it your living. Yeah. And I agree with that to a sense, but you also have to have things that you just like to do. Yeah. Like, you you have to have things that are literally you do them just because you like.
0: You know, I think about that with music a lot, too, because, like, that's that's my main thing. That's what I would say. And that's
1: exactly why I never pushed with music. That was the one thing in my life I never wanted to be a job. Yeah. Because I loved it so much I never wanted to let it get ruined. Right. Granted, I probably easily could like very easily with my composing abilities like i could probably do what you do probably just not as good you've Uh, been doing it a lot longer and and such but i have the basics to be able to do that yeah i just never wanted that to be like i didn't want that to become a job i Mm. like it being work still Yep, i like working on it i like doing it as work i don't want that to be like the stress of a job
0: there's something about exploring that kind of thing and not not making everything a business that just really kind of makes a person well-rounded, not so one dimensional. You know, I think about that sometimes I'm like, I get to those points. I'm so involved in music. I'm like, is this all I have to talk about? Yeah. I'm like, I gotta, I've gotta be like the most boring person, as someone that.
1: It's so bad for your mental health. It is, too.
0: dude. It because, is absolutely. Because like it
1: literally, I and that's one of the reasons why, like I said, as bougie as it sounds. That's what, one of the key re- points I had in mind when I bought a second phone, like I just said, it's that separation from work and personal life. Yeah. And when you try to and and, that's the tough thing about being pursuing a creative endeavor is. Mm. All At all times, your personal life and your work is, mel- is melded together yeah. because the music or whatever it is that you're doing is such a huge part of who you are as a person yeah. that it becomes a lot harder to shut off yes. and be like, this is personal time, this mm-hmm. is work time. Yes. And it's a really hard thing to do, especially for creatives because yeah. it's... Just it's just natural that creative passion that outlet is such is such a huge part of your personality right and your character. yeah that like especially like somebody like you, I, most of your work is done in this these four walls right exactly is <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> like you just got this box. yeah, and that, that's where you do all your work, but that's yeah. this is also like where you do the the fun parts of that endeavor too so Absolutely. you don't have that separation right to where it's just constantly melding in your mind yeah and that's yeah. like that's a real tough thing and that's something i really had to like learn especially over the last like year yeah is with everything in life trying to like find those yellow lines in the road and and not crossing yes
0: yeah that's smart man that gives me a lot to think about too man <laughs> like it's easy to get caught up in it, it all is. you know and you just you don't even realize why you're yep. so bummed out. You're like, "What the like? Yeah. Do I love this anymore?" Like, I do, but like, yeah. it doesn't feel like that right now. I, you need, it takes a minute to figure out why. I'm I'm definitely coming out of uh, like an episode like of a that. Rut. Yeah. yeah, like you know, I've been writing music. Obviously, I've been doing all these things, but like, in some ways, I feel like I've just been slacking too. Like, when the actual like upfront work comes to me like I'm all about it but like some of the personal projects and stuff like I take I take my sweet time with it which is good sometimes but it wasn't I don't know for me it felt very like I think kind of depressed about it. yeah we had
1: you and I have had a conversation about this and I think one of the big things is the fact that like all the all the work that you do that's like really good is all like private work yeah you can't showcase it yes yeah, I. Th- that's why I. St- I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. You need to make music like that yeah. that isn't for a client. Yeah, just, just the, having the fun of being able to post that. And yeah. one thing that uh, I actually saw. That I learned this in a Peter McKinnon video. Yeah, I can't remember the context or anything. I just remember what he said. And he he was talking and he he was doing his Peter McKinnon thing where he was being goofy, but then trying to tell to give you like a good lesson mm-hmm. about like being a creative and stuff. And he was like. I challenge everybody to go and make a video today, Mm -hmm. but don't post it don't post it yeah. don't post it don't show anybody make it for you yeah and like i think that's a good exercise in any creative endeavor yeah. like and that's why i have felt way more creative since i stopped giving a shit about showing all my stuff to that's other people because cool. yeah. i'm bad about that yeah. i'm that person that like as soon as i finish a song i'm yes. messaging like the same four people <laughs> like bro you want to hear this and they're
2: like fuck yeah
1: <laughs> like as soon as i like literally yeah, yeah. i finished the last note like putting in the last notes i listened to it all the way through i bounced it as an mp3 (laughs) and i'm like all right who wants to check this out but like ever since i stopped doing that i feel like i have way more pride in the stuff that i'm doing because i know i'm doing it for me and nobody else i have not a single other person in mind when i'm working on it yeah and that really helps and i and especially for you for what you do you're doing like some really big stuff but like you have to keep it under lock and key. Right. So you can't even be like showcase your pride in what you're doing. Yeah. I really like I think that would be a really good thing for you to you to do. Or even like, um I know a lot of a lot of a couple of people that I know have been doing this, like, write something every day. Yeah. Even if it's like thirty seconds, write it and like, mm. dude, even if you made like an Instagram or something just to post those, yeah. I bet you'd feel you'd feel yeah. like a lot better just yeah. having like this little stuff posted every day. You
0: know it's, and it's obviously not every day, but I kind of get that sense of fulfillment sometimes with the podcast yeah. because I've got these like little like 30-second clips of music that I write that I'm like, well, this is yeah. yeah, this is kind of like stuff I write for me. I'm going to throw it in the beginning of the yeah. podcast or the end of the podcast. And I'm like, you know, Daryl told me, he's like, dude, you like you let that song go on for so long. I'm like, fuck that. That's like my favorite part <laughs> of this whole thing, man. <laughs> I was
1: literally thinking about that. I was listening to um, – which it was it was the one where you guys were talking it was coffee and business
0: yes okay and
1: i remember hearing the intro and i was like man this thing is long yeah. but like i would do the same thing right yeah. <laughs> no shame i was like i know grant really liked that song because yeah, <laughs> he let that boy that. go off for like a minute and a half i'm like yeah. did he just paste the whole clip on this bitch oh, my God, <laughs> i was like it's man. all right i'm with it it's yeah we're yeah. good <laughs> that
0: was uh that was actually a piece I wrote for a Spotify commercial that didn't get used. So I'm like, cool, Oh, that's, yeah. that was one of, the, was pieces. One of the pieces. Oh, yeah. dude, that makes yeah. it even cooler. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh dude, that's <laughs> sick. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, yeah, it was fun, man. That was a fun project to work yeah. on.
1: But I want to hear about that. Tell me a little yeah. bit more.
0: So really it was kind of out of the blue, how, how this job kind of fell in my lap. Yeah. Um, I've got a cousin who went to school and got into like, um film work you know he do like uh camera operating like kind of oh, work okay. for like i don't know stuff like i think he's done work for like tlc maybe mtv like some big oh, okay. you know cool, did some cool. big work you know made connections that way lived in he's new that york boy city jerry
1: springer chasing after yeah, the, the, yeah, the right, all the people right. running into the back <laughs> right right so
0: he uh he he's built some connections over the years and yes. since then he you know he's not even into that kind of industry anymore he's he's uh like a chef now you know so completely
1: yeah like a complete 180
0: yes yes but he you know still kept some connections and he had this buddy named patrick um who started a company called the bowery common they do a lot of like um audio storytelling really you know a lot of audio commercials and stuff like that and they must have been talking and my name came up and patrick just wanted to you know sit down, talk on Skype just about my process and how I approach music with like storytelling and whatnot. So we just, you know, my cousin introduced me through the email, I got a random email from, from my cousin and, you know, told me about Patrick and how he wanted to set up a time to talk. So, Patrick and I just started talking and we just talked about music really and storytelling and all that. That's awesome. Probably a week or so later, he, uh, he contacted me again and said that he had this job for Spotify. And you know he wanted you know wanted some help writing music yeah. for it, so I was you know of course I'm on board so, to yeah, do that. Spotify, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, <laughs> so yeah, like it. He uh he ended up sending me a script, you know, and it's we had, basically what this commercial was. It's you know no video, just a complete audio commercial. Um, but it's like this interact or uh, not interactive, but um, what's the word I'm looking? Immersive. For? Immersive. Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly the word I'm looking for. It's this immersive experience where. You're listening to this person go out go through their whole day. They wake up, they, you know, go on this like twelve mile run or whatever it is, you know, they come home, they shower, you know, they cook food because they're having buddies over for this like dinner party type thing. Okay. And then it's just you hear all these sounds, all these sound effects, whether it's like chopping onions in the kitchen and um a
1: lot of asmr stuff thrown in there exactly and so
0: i'm basically you know within 90 seconds i'm transitioning like through like five pieces of music i've got to write that like is immersive enough to like make the audience feel like they're you know they're in that world together really well too like
1: that's that's tough
0: one thing i'm really thankful for on this project is like i wrote the music but i didn't have to do any of the mixing they had a separate mix engineer which when i listen to his like when he put everything together i'm like oh my god
2: I'm glad I didn't do that part. Oh, dude.
0: (laughs) I would have never had a job with these guys again listening to this guy. I'm like, oh, my God, it sounds so good. That's awesome. But, um, But, yeah, like... So we went through
1: I needed you to send me the link the link to that. I think you've yeah. posted it, but I haven't paid enough attention, but I've been wanting to hear it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll show you as soon as this is over. Um, yes. they Alright, that's it. Podcast <laughs> is over. I want to hear this fucking song. <laughs> <That's it.
1: laughs> but
0: uh, yeah, there's five pieces of music I had to write. Um and the commercial, like in the U.S., sounds a little bit different than, like, let's say one in Asia. So they ended up using... They didn't use every cue I wrote. You know, like if you heard the the music for, like, Asia's commercial, they'll use a couple of my tracks. But then the U.S. commercial only used one of my tracks, honestly, which was kind of interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah. So, you think that the
1: U.S. market would use more of it.
0: Right. Yeah. That's yep strange. But it, it was kind of cool, too. I mean, it's a learning experience for me. Um. Just because I was communicating with this middleman and then they were communicating with Spotify, you know, if there's any sort of miscommunication on what Spotify wanted, it would have been easy for them to just replace my tracks, which, which happened with some of them. And I know like the track that they used in the U.S. commercial was like a track I wrote at the very beginning of this project that was initially denied by, um, the middleman of this, oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Cause he's like, no, like this track you wrote sounds a little bit too commercial we want it to sound like it's a song someone would actually sit down and listen to so i probably rewrote this like 10 second piece like five or six times till he was happy with it and then you hear the final on spotify and it was like the first version of the song i wrote so it's really interesting to hear like you know as the script develops and as you know they get they get these versions of this commercial how they're like you know things just change all the yeah. time with what they initially wanted and what the you know final output was it's like i, w- I was going to say does that different?
1: make you like wonder uh if there was any other things that that maybe was like i wouldn't want to say like miscommunicated but like not portrayed properly since like you already had the one track that was right. the first one that you were told needed to be redone so many times and they yeah. selected the first version right, does yeah. that make you think about any of the other tracks that way
0: yeah absolutely yeah, yeah i think i think the time constraint really kind of Was a big reason why they might have not used every track you know if we had more time we could have had more back and forth i know i could have nailed what they were going for but you know you get a brief on what
2: they're
0: what they're initially looking for you write that piece of music it gets approved by this middleman and then you know you don't hear the meetings that they have with spotify you don't you know you're kind of well, i'm that. assuming
1: the music it was uh, the i'm assuming the actual flow of transaction was almost as if they were they were the one the company being hired by spotify and you were just contracted to write the music exactly.
0: absolutely yeah 100%. so it's not
1: even like a it wasn't even really being pushed as like you were selling your music to spotify yep you were selling your music to them and then they were pitching it to Spotify.
0: 100 percent. yep yeah that, exactly. that makes it
1: a little bit more difficult yeah if you were able to just like directly go to them, then the, I mean, that probably would have made it a little bit easier. Right.
0: And that's how like the trailer stuff is too. Like, you know, I write for someone and then they're doing all the pitching. So like, you know, you never know, like I've done so many customs for like trailers and like, yeah, you don't really know what the trailer editors I tell everybody on, about yeah.
1: the child's play trailer. Yeah, really? I'm yeah. like, dude, yeah, my buddy wrote, you know, the trailer, my buddy wrote the music <laughs> yeah, for that. Right. I straight up told my aunt the other day, cause she was asking me about like some movies. And I was like, look, I don't watch movies unless they go to net go on to Netflix, sometimes, but yeah. I gotta see the child's play movie. My aunt was like, I don't even like that. I was like, I don't either, yeah, but right. my buddy wrote the music, so I gotta go yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I just have to. Oh man. I was like, I'm not, I'm probably not even gonna enjoy the movie, but I'm yeah. gonna be so hyped up. I'll be I'll be
0: honest, man, I haven't seen it yet. No, <laughs> I told myself, man, whenever we're going I to get cut that, that out. Cut, so they yeah. don't, they
1: don't choose to not commission you again for Dude, the next, the, no, the next piece. They're no. probably like, man, this guy's music is so good. And then they're going to hear this podcast and be like, we're never hiring him again. <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. I do need to watch it though, but it's cool. But since then, man, like, you know, yeah, I can't say everything I've been working on, but there's, it's cool being kind of in that industry and doing custom work. You hear about like, I know, of like a few movies that are coming out that no one knows about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's really, like really cool to hear. Well,
1: yeah, because they got to do all that prep so far ahead. Like, yeah. a good Hollywood movie can take like three to four years to make yeah, because absolutely. they have to get everything perfect, yeah. and a lot of it is like switching through trial and error. Like, yeah. oh, let's have this person write this music. Oh, well, we don't actually like that since we actually recorded it. We got to yeah. get a new person to commission it. Send them this. We'll have them write it to that and stuff. Yeah. And that, that's just one piece of the movie. Yeah. They, you, I can't even imagine how many. times the whole thing is like re-edited and shit like that yeah. by like the whole production yeah. Yes redone multiple times every piece of it Dude. to make a really good Hollywood film
0: Dude I there's a documentary I watched it's called Score it's about film music Gotcha and uh, I can't remember which composer was talking about this but you know he'd be you know lives in Los Angeles and you know there's movie posters and advertisements billboards all over and he's like there's a billboard to a movie he's working on and it's like it's coming out this day and he's like I'm still not done writing the music for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> fuck, it's real but like you know like oh my god, yeah, so I gotta like, get home now. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pressure's on. That was that was interesting to hear. I'm like that's weird, man. Like we'll see trailers for stuff and like movies still like probably got quite a bit of work left quite to be a done. Bit, yeah. yeah, so it's like wow. Makes you
1: think about a lot of stuff. Like I think of how many albums Get like teasers sent out before the album's even done being recorded or yes. shit like that. Like yeah. I can imagine that happens a lot. Yep.
0: yeah, that's that's,
1: that's pretty crazy. It's crazy, man. That's interesting.
0: But, um, yeah. switching from that too. I mean, I know that you know you and you've been working with Tim still a lot. I mean, like. How's that all going? You guys are running your podcast still. I mean, Easter yeah. Market's still a big thing too? Um, um,
1: I actually don't do Easter Market anymore. Oh, okay. No, um, so the reason I don't do that, it wasn't anything bad or anything like that. There like, was no fallout or anything like that. It was just, uh, um, one, I kind of realized that I was there every weekend for not wrong reasons, but not the right reasons. Okay. Um, so I wasn't providing as much value as I should have been. That's what like I knew that, mm-hmm. and the other thing was just uh having both the Saturdays and Sundays and then having to work like kind of like my 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 uh bill paying job mm-hmm. uh, during the week one, I had no days off yeah it was literally like if to keep up with the bills and still have the money I, I I needed to do the things that I was trying to do I had no days off, so I was literally running on like two months without a single day off Ugh. um but also it was kind of like a a lot of opportunities were coming around that mm-hmm. I was turning down oh. because of the time restraint. I couldn't take a day off to go and do some of these endeavors. Okay. Some of the things overlapped with the times that we had events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of got to a point where I was like, I needed to take that step. And even when I had first started doing Epion, or I won't even say Epion Royal, when I started doing Eastern Market, because I've been friends with Tim since like, a year and a half, two years into the actual like start of Epion Royal. Oh, wow. We actually yeah. met because I was in a shitty ass deathcore band and mm-hmm. we found out he was a local clothing company and we wanted to get sponsored. So sure. I bought me and my vocalist a shirt each, because that's all I could afford. Yeah. Because I was like sixteen or seventeen, yeah. and we started like inviting him to every show and stuff. And it just got to the point where I was just hanging out with him more and more. And then hmm. we built a, a really solid friendship. And then we've done a lot of business stuff together and a lot of cool endeavors and stuff. Um, and that's kind. Of, and when we when I first started Eastern Market, it was kind of an, uh just a natural progression of that. Um, along with the fact that that was also a huge step in me being able to quit my job at the time. That's cool. Um, I used to be a Journey's retail store manager for like five years. I ran like 12 different stores all over Michigan, Indiana and stuff and I was just miserable. I was stuck in a mall all day. I I hated it. Yeah. So him offering that opportunity gave me, like, a little bit of a leg to stand on to be able to, like, have the confidence to quit my job and go full-time and the things that I wanted to actually pursue in my life and kind of gain back my freedom. But we had the intent – like, we had the upfront intentions that, like, hey, this isn't going to be a permanent thing. Okay. We both knew. And it was just kind of like a – I I told him I was just like, Hey, I don't I don't I don't think I'm gonna come back to Eastern Market this weekend. Uh, Mm. you know, I I just don't think it'll be best for the brand. Okay. And for me. And he was like, Yeah, I kinda I kinda feel the same way. It's no worries. I was like, All right, cool. We're we're gonna go do the podcast. And he's like, All right, cool. That's cool. (laughs) So that's kinda like I don't so I don't do Eastern Market anymore. Um, but yeah, we still do the podcast. I still see him at least once a week. Like he's still one of my best friends. It was it wasn't anything bad or anything like that. So like I, wanted, I, you know, I want to be able to clear that up. Because I've had a couple people ask, like, why I don't do Easter market anymore? And they're like yeah. assuming the worst. Because sure. that's just people. But right. no, it was just like a business is business. Our personal relationship is personal relationship. At that moment, it just didn't make sense to continue doing business together. Okay. That's just kind of what it was. Yeah. It was like we both were just like, eh, it's not really... Benefiting both of us on the level of the effort that's going into it let's just take a step back we'll we'll yeah. figure it out later yeah. so like we still have a bunch of stuff we're planning on doing cool. Um, together like he's got some events that he wants me to be a part of and things like that so doing it's this, like
0: this one on October 26th yeah I the 25th I'm, and 26th yeah.
1: is like a two day event but he's running he's almost like marketing them as like two different events because one of them is going to be like his birthday party okay because his birthday is earlier that week he's running that as his birthday party and his celebration for it and then he's got another event uh the following month um and yeah there's a a lot of stuff outside of those events that we're planning on doing together and stuff like that that i can't really talk about just yet sure um just because it's just it's not even like super serious stuff it's just really fun stuff that we want to uh we'll show when it when, when it's ready to be shown
0: yeah yep. So, yeah cool man i'm yeah. excited i i try to you know reach out and talk to him pretty often i don't you know i feel like aside from you know going to some of his events i've only like probably seen tim like a small handful of times yeah. so you know both you guys live you know kind of far out there from where i'm at so yeah. i try to you know try to keep in touch with you Absolutely. guys but i like seeing events like that because you know, I, I like making the effort to try to go. Yeah, out he's there and de- he's definitely
1: trying to do that more, and that's something yeah. we've talked. Like he's talked to me about for like over a year. Is yeah. like he's just been wanting to do more events, but mm-hmm. the the whole premise of what an event is in the in Michigan has changed so much from when he used to host regular events yeah. that now he's the way that he's trying to do events now is going to be really fun to see. Cool. And he's doing them a little bit differently. I'm not going to I'm not gonna spill too much of the details because that's for him to tell. and sure. not for me. It's not my place to explain. No. But just know, there's a lot of really fun, cool stuff that he's doing. and i'm I'm like super proud and really excited to see what he's doing, especially knowing, uh, like, a lot of the uh, uh, the hills he's had to overcome in the last few years. Yeah. It's really, really cool to see. And he's got a lot of really big things coming up on the horizon that is just phenomenal seeing that's, one, of, yeah. it's one of your close friends doing cool shit like that. That's why, like I said, I literally tell everybody about that child's play trailer. Because I'm just like, that's just mind-blowing. It's the coolest shit in the world. Like, I know the homie that wrote the music for that. Oh, my God. Like, stuff like that. Like yeah. uh I just think that shit's cool. Like I really 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 like seeing. I'm I'm definitely like one of those silent cheerleaders. Yeah. I love seeing like there's people that I'll I'll sit there and tell other people about that like we don't even talk. All they're like that. local artists and stuff and I'm yeah. still like, "Oh man, check out this person's stuff. They're cool, they're so sick." Like yeah. I know I, I've never talked to them. I've never like done anything, but I know them through friends of friends and we got mm-hmm. each other on Facebook and I see all the stuff they're doing and it's cool. I think you'd like it.
0: You're a rare breed, man. There's a <laughs> lot of people that are like complete opposite, exactly. which is so cool, man. And
1: and, and and that's like another tough thing dealing with, uh, especially I've noticed that. And from hearing from a lot of other people, Michigan is really notorious about that. It's yeah. like they Michigan's creative culture is so competitive. Yeah, And like, that's the reason why I stopped being in bands and I stopped playing shows is I was just i was sick of the pointless competition
0: sure and it's like
1: Uh even nowadays i've noticed there's a lot of like bands that are coming around from like the like the next wave that are are a little bit more forward about building the community but they're still not quite there because they're Uh way too like aggressive about it still yeah they're it's it's turned into like the hardcore kids that used to sit there and just rant and rave about being straight edge are Uh now sitting there ranting and raving like you better fucking love your
2: friends and stuff it's
1: like that's not really any different. Yep. The the overall tone of the message is still the same. Yep. You guys need to change the root and the the cause of the tone for yes. things to actually change.
0: That was one thing I was kind of uh, I don't regret at all. It was kind of pulling myself from, you know, the music scene. And I feel like, you know, down in the Detroit area, like that's one scene in itself. But here, like in Livingston County, we kinda had our own scene too. There's this yeah. whole like um <clears throat> Like, uh, are you familiar with Fusion Shows? Yeah. Okay. So I yeah. think they're Lansing based, but they did a lot of I was stuff say, here. I'm pretty sure I
1: played Fusion Shows yes. before back when I was like 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they,
0: I, the founder, they I believe, used to be a different
1: name, didn't they?
0: Probably. It was like,
1: didn't it? It was like a some name that had the word gorilla in it.
0: You know, I don't even know. You're probably I'm right. Almost but,
1: positive because yeah. I vividly remember that they used to have a a logo that was like mostly yellow. It was like a yellow base, low. Like yeah. I, I don't know. That might, that that might be all the years of of weed smoke. Of, like <laughs> speaking, I have no idea. But like I, you said fusion shows, and I just. Yeah vividly imagined this yeah. like picture in my head i don't know if it's real or not you're, but yeah you're probably right i remember man. it <laughs> yeah. it's the mandela effect i don't know yeah. <laughs>
0: but it's it's one thing i don't regret is kind of like pulling myself from that scene like there's not there's not a whole lot of people i talked to that yeah. i used to talk to of say i don't know five six Same. seven years ago you know what i mean most and, of
1: the people that i talked to that were in the scene i didn't even talk to when i was in the scene yeah okay. that's kind of like with, like i had no idea that you like before we met through Tim yeah. they're like you were a, a musician and really? you were like in the music scene yeah like i literally at one point i used to run the journeys out in kalamazoo in a portage in the crossroads mall and i took that store over and then like three weeks later found out that one of my best or like one of my employees was a drummer in a band that i used to play shows with (laughs) really and he was there (laughs) at my very first show when Uh, when i got when like the whole crowd got bear maced it was a king uh, 810 show
2: oh it was ridiculous but like
1: yeah i was talking about that story and he was like Wait, was that at the Modern Exchange? I was yeah. like, "Yeah." He's like, "Bro, this was my band. We played that same show." I was like, "That's, That's why." <laughs>
2: yeah, like stuff
1: <laughs> like that. Like those are the type of people I still talk to in the music scene, where people it's that cool. like I had no connection, or like no known connection to when I was in the scene. Yeah. It's, yep. Yeah, but I, I agree with you with that. That's like I don't regret that decision at all. Yeah, because I feel like things would have been a lot more stressful.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. no no point, man. Like, yeah, who? I mean, I don't know. I I hate to be that guy, but like these people are competing for whatever reason, and like they're they're not making any money off their music. Yeah, it, it's like kind of just digging yourself. And that's the a worst hole. part. Yeah, it would
1: make sense if you were tra- having competition and you were act. Oh, I'm gonna go on a tangent here. <laughs> One of the biggest problems with every artistic in- endeavor nowadays, and like I know this partially contradicts what I was saying earlier, but if you're actually trying to pursue something as yeah. a way to make money and it's something you love to do, yeah. you need to run it like a business. Yeah, yeah. A band nice. is a business. Yep. Uh, like if like with me, like I started the Wanderlost Media, a photographer, photographer that's trying to make money with photography. You're a business. Yep. You gotta run it like a business, or and like the big, the toughest part that people don't understand is when you first start a business you have to work it like a job yeah you have to you have to act like the business is like this imaginary boss and it's telling you what to do all the time yeah you have to run it like that for quite some time yeah. that could be a few months that could be a few years yeah. but the payout is going to be then you can actually reap the rewards yeah. everything like that is a is a it's a uh, seed plant harvest. Yeah. You have to actually like plant the seeds, you have to tend them. Like a farmer wouldn't go out to his crop his crop field, throw some seeds in, water it and come back 45 minutes later and be like what the fuck.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, exactly. They wouldn't.
1: Yeah. it's just that's not going to happen. Yeah. And the problem is, is that I think people treat thing other things like that and they're just kind of like waiting for like whatever is going to happen happen but like no you got to make it happen yeah. every ba- every not even just band but like everybody that's ever been successful like i think it's i i can't remember the exact percentage but i think it's like 92% of all seven figure earners and up in the country are first generation
0: oh yeah they weren't
1: handed anything yep. most of them come from poor backgrounds mm-hmm. like most almost every successful person in this country did it themselves yeah. and yeah. most of them if you look at it, they shouldn't have won. Yeah. They shouldn't have been successful. They shouldn't have been pioneers in their field. But the only thing that made them different is they put in the work. Right. That's just it. Yeah. And that's the problem with so many, like, and uh, again, it's got like, I sound like an old man, but it's got so much <laughs> to do with social media. Yeah. It's presented as, like, these things are supposed to be easy because people yeah. just showcase the good they parts. Yeah. But they don't showcase the fact that it was four years of Of wanting to give up and tears and wondering whether or not you (laughs) should even be doing this to actually get like there's no such thing as an overnight success. Yeah,
0: I saw a quote the other day that it said overnight success takes ten years. I
1: was just (laughs) I was literally about the same say say the same thing. I was about to say an overnight success takes ten years for that overnight success. Yeah, success. Yeah, it literally does. Yeah, and that's the biggest issue is people have such this instant gratification nowadays and like this now 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 yeah. attitude that it's like they're they they expect like after you know one year of shows or they go on their first tour that everything's going to be great and it's like no uh yeah like the most like every like I remember a lot of bands being like Oh, once you get signed you've made it no once no. you get signed that's, that's, when, you yes, that's exactly, when you start that's when you start that's when you're born that's when bro people
0: get complacent you yeah. know what I mean like,
1: like i can name drop like a couple bands in the music scene that could have been really good mm-hmm. that fell into that trap yeah they got signed and they yeah. were like all right i fucking did it i'm i made it everything's good <sighs> and then next thing you know a year later their label drops them and they're broke yeah <sighs> and they're all working day jobs yep and it's like yeah. I I poke fun at that but it's so sad to see because so sad. many of the people that that happens to could do really well right like I try to be a person that sees the good good in everybody mm-hmm. like I think no matter what even if you do something not so good everybody does whatever they're doing with good intentions sure whether it's right or wrong doesn't mm-hmm. matter the intention is always good yeah and the problem and that's the thing I see a lot with like artists is they just, they they let themselves get too comfortable and they don't they don't fully utilize the, the their hard work in the right ways. Like I actually was just uh, talking to somebody today and they showed me this video and it was this. Uh, <laughs> he straight up prefaced it. He's like, "Before you watch this video, the guy in this video is a total freaking nerd." <laughs> but it's this like nerdy dude sitting there talking about dominoes. Okay, and he's talking about the fact that physically, like. He's like a physicist or okay. whatever. Like he studies physics and science and shit. And he's like, a domino has the gravitational force to knock over a domino one and a half times its size.
2: Yeah. And if
1: you did that 29 times, the last domino would be the size of the Empire State Building. But think of it like this. Say you have a row of these dominoes and it's like everyone is bigger. Yeah. The, the first domino is so small that this guy places down with tweezers. Okay. And all he does is take a pen and he just barely taps it. Yeah. And it knocks all of them down. Yeah. But what would happen if you took that pen and knocked it the other way? Not jack shit. Yeah. Not jack shit. And yeah. the problem is that people are knocking their dominoes in the wrong direction.
0: That's smart, yeah. They
1: are. Yeah. Like especially artists because yeah. the thing that artists are are so they're so cursed. Yeah. And this is something I'm still cursed with is it's such a hard thing for artists to understand that like I'm going to get crucified for this, I swear. Like people are going to hate me. But your feelings are liars.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude. Your yes. feelings
1: are liars. Like I want you to think like anybody listening to this, I want you to think about your crazy uncle that every time you you're around your family and you talk about all the creative stuff you're doing, always backlashes you. He's always doubtful and he's all and yeah. and and it's not it's not that he doesn't love that they don't love you. It's not that your family doesn't love you. They're trying to they don't want to see you hurt. Yeah. they want to see you happy and all that good shit your feelings do the same thing yeah. they're just trying to stop you from getting hurt but the problem is, is if you ever want to do anything big yeah. you want to do anything special anything important and really like feel fulfilled in what you're doing yeah. you got to get your ass kicked yeah that's yeah. the only way you learn is getting the, yeah. getting the scrapes and the bruises and getting knocked down and failing yes. forward yeah so that's the like I just wish more people would understand that because I know so many people that are skilled. I don't like the word talented. Talent is something you're born with. Skill is something you actually worked hard for. Yeah. And there are so many skilled people. Like I know people that are better than me at like everything I do. Yeah. But they just, they're knocking their dominoes in the wrong direction. Yeah. they're putting the energy in the wrong path and then yeah. wondering why they're not getting anywhere yeah. it's like you need to figure out where that right direction to put the energy is and then that tiny little bit of energy i think it was like the end of the videos that with the dominoes said that the uh, amount of force that is achieved by the last domino is a two billion percent increase over the initial force put in
0: wow So,
1: from the amount of force that the tiny little pen knocked the first domino over compared to the amount of force that the last domino, which was 100 pounds, dropped to the floor was a 2 billion percent increase. And that's with most of the things you do. If you just put in the hard work, like, especially artists, like it's so hard but downgrade your like do whatever you have to do to die if you really want to make it what you do for your life is you really got to downgrade your whole life and make those sacrifices and all you got to do is just put in that upfront effort and you will get paid back tenfold
2: yeah if
1: you just stay the course yeah. you just got to do what you got to do the universe will do what it what you can't do for you yeah like as I I got on on a really crazy tangent there I love it these are the type of shit that I literally (laughs) say these things out loud to myself in my car while I'm driving around like I talk to myself and say these things because like I need to hear this stuff sometimes yeah like all this shit that I'm saying of like what I think people should like focus on and stuff I need to hear that sometimes because I fall off the wagon right like I get fucking lazy. I'm, I, I'll I'll go days without working on a project until the day before it's due yep. and stuff. Like, yeah. I understand it. I get it. I've been an artist my whole life. But, man, if you yeah. just get past that. There's so many people that I personally know that could do so many great things if they would just fucking get out of their own way. Yeah. But.
0: Yeah, dude. It's uh, just fuck i end up getting like quiet because i get just like so like in my thoughts about that it makes you think it does absolutely i
1: like third person talk to myself about this shit Mm -hmm. to force myself to think as if somebody else is telling me because Mm -hmm. i i i just won't listen any other in any other way i have to be like kind of told this shit sometimes even if it is by myself yeah like yeah yeah you got to do what you got to do to keep going and like the the thing that sucks is so many people quit when they're right at the, the right at the verge of winning yeah right at the verge like you're yeah. right before your next breakthrough you're right before that next hump that you've been just like wondering how the hell you're gonna get past but if you yeah. just just keep going yeah just keep going don't quit
2: yeah. Adios. <laughs> oh, so i just want to see
1: people do what they love doing because i want to be able to do what i love doing yeah and it's just it's inspiring when i see people doing that like you and like tim and like i've got other friends that are just really getting into the point where they're starting to do things that they really enjoy doing in their life mm-hmm. and it's so inspiring to me because you really like man this life is really what you make of it just yeah. like if you want to do the
0: shit do it yeah do Absolutely, like, man. That's why,
1: dude. You need to just start posting some of the some of the music because you write some good to. ass shit. I uh, thank you. Like man. I love I love listening to the stuff that you write, like that you show me because it's so cool. Yeah. But like nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody yeah, knows. it is.
0: I do, man. I think that would help me out a lot, just mentally too. just yeah. Put more stuff out there. You know, I do have some music out there, but like, I don't know. I feel like the public music or the music I have for people to listen to
1: isn't a good representation
0: no because i've i've just improved so much yeah you develop so
1: much yeah like so fast too like that's like big change happens so quick yeah like everything is a compound effect so it's like it's it's like doubling periods in, in like interest rates and shit like yeah. 10 grand is going to turn to 20 but then that 20 isn't going to go to 30 it's going to go to 40. Yes. That 40 isn't going to go to 50 it's going to go to 80. Right. That 80 ain't going to go to 90 it's going to go to 160 and people yeah. don't realize that like oh man it's like I said those 100%. tiny little changes mm-hmm. can have a domino effect.
0: That's one thing that helped me out a lot too is like the way I kind of like got into like this music thing where I wrote for publishers that. You know, knew what like trailer editors were looking for, like no. where they were there, and like they were there to really critique every single detail. Because I, you know, you you start writing music and you get to this point where you get to a certain skill level, and like your friends or you your feel parents,
2: plateaued.
0: well, that. But like, like the the people that your buddies with, like if I if I well I know you write music, but like <laughs> let's say Dar, like Dar doesn't write music. You know, if I showed him music I wrote. I don't know, within my first couple of years of writing music, yeah. he might be able to give me advice about making it better. But you hit this level where like people that don't write it aren't yep. going to see those flaws, and they're not going to be able to give you critiques on how to make it better. What really helped me elevate to that next level was like getting critiqued by publishers or by musicians that are writing that kind of music that are getting those major trailer yeah. placements that are like, you know, this is good, but you know, you're lacking in this area, or why don't you, like, yeah. focus on doing, like, where, like, someone else that doesn't write music isn't going to be able to give someone me Someone else is you know? going to look
1: at it from a the lens of a listener. Exactly. Whereas they were looking at it as a lens from a writer.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's made all the difference. That's Super why all helpful. of a sudden, like, I feel like my music abilities have just... Grown tenfold, you yeah. know, in the past year or two, you know yeah. what I mean. It's just like
1: it's because, like, I there's a concept that I, I think of a lot, and I and it 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 really helps me kind of put things into perspective too. Is like I feel like, again, with any creative field, you have the bottom line and the top line. Yeah. The top line is the best that you can do. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is the worst that you can do. Mm-hmm. And the problem is so many people just try to push that top line but the problem is, is that what happens is the top line goes up but your bottom line stays the same.
2: Yeah,
1: It stays where it's at. So you write stuff that's better than you could have write but you. But there's still stuff that you write that's as bad as ever. Yeah. And that makes you feel like you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. But when you work on things like the fundamentals and like really sticking, figuring out the basics and then finding what it is you're weak at and mm-hmm. focusing on those. <laughs> really. well, what happens is is a concept that I like to call the rising tide raises all ships. Okay. If you work on the bottom line, what's going to happen is the bottom line is going to raise, but the top line isn't going to stay the same. The yeah. whole Everything. thing's going to move up. Yes. The whole thing is going to move up because yeah. you built up the 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 base. It's building a strong foundation. It's like if you if you build a house, it could be the most architecturally masterpiece of a house but right. if the foundation is weak it's a shit house yeah it doesn't matter how good the house is yeah. or you can build a house that is the ugliest looking thing in the world but if it's got a good foundation that thing is never gonna never gonna fail yeah and that's what it comes down yeah. with is like really getting that foundation and working on it because then you can stem everything else from it
2: yeah and
1: like that's why like i hardcore wish that i wasn't as stubborn when i was young like yeah. i refuse I'm 100% self-taught with music. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Absolutely 100%. Oh. I literally, like, <laughs> the first time I ever did, So I, I got my first guitar when I was, like, eight or nine years old. Yeah. But I didn't... I hated it at the time i wanted to learn how to play guitar but my dad was a guitarist too so he was kind of like super pushy about it and then my family got me guitar lessons they paid for like a bunch of huber and breeze music certificates for 30 minute lessons and i'm nine years old and the guy that was teaching me i could tell he was like young starting his teaching career this guy's trying to make me learn like crazy train by ozzy uh And I'm like, I'm fucking nine. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, what do you expect from me? Yeah. So, like, I didn't touch it for, like, four years. And all of a sudden, I vividly remember this. It was the day after I smoked weed for the first time in my life. (laughs) The day after. And I was sitting in my room. And I I was not sober. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, I'm like 13, 14 years old, and I'm just kind of doing my thing. I'm just like really enjoying it. I'm like playing video games, kind of, but also just like jamming out to music. And all of a sudden, Like a Stone by Audio Slave came on. Okay. Shout out to Audio Slave. I don't care what anybody thinks, they're amazing. <laughs> um, like a Stone came on, and because I was intoxicated, I was super confident. And I was like, you know what? I bet, I bet, I bet my life and my halo three legendary edition (laughs) collection that i can learn this song tonight (laughs) and i did i literally picked up my guitar i was like my dad said something about tabs what the hell are these and i looked it up i was like audio slave like a stone tabs and i found ultimate guitar and my life changed i learned how to play that song that day i never i didn't even learn how to tune a damn guitar until eight months later (laughs) i was playing it on this shitty like a $190 like combo pack of a Behringer fake Fender Strat with a 10-watt combo <laughs> app. And I'm sitting in my room, like, blown out of my mind, just playing Audio Slave yeah. like a stone for, yeah. like, three straight days. And then afterwards, I was like, all right, I'm bored of this song. Yeah. I bet I can learn For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. And then next thing you know, I'm playing Slayer and Coe and Cambria and shit yeah. like this, like, a year into playing, and I still didn't even know. I remember I was like, Eight months into playing, I'm playing Welcome Home, and my dad's in the other room just screaming. He's like, the thing is out of tune. I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know how to tune it. What does that even mean? <laughs> it was horrible. Oh. But, like, I'm 100% self-taught, and, like, I wish I wasn't as stubborn, and I would have focused on the fundamentals because to this day, to this day, I don't even know a chord oh really not as like I know I know fingering positions that I know are chords I couldn't tell you what chords they are really I don't know any scales wow nothing
0: wow and I even
1: took music theory classes in high school I just like I didn't retain it I was like young and rebellious kind of sure and I was like my band class, they wouldn't let any they didn't have a slot for guitarists. Yep. They just didn't have guitarists in bands. so I was like, "Screw that. I'm not I'm not playing anything else. Sure. What's every music class I can take?" And I took every music music class. I didn't care about anything that was taught. I just waited until we were able to write for the project, yeah. and I always got like some of the best grades yeah. because I was already like writing and playing music. That's, I, cool. that's all I cared about was just learning how wow. to write better. Wow. So like to this day, I don't I don't know anything like i am horrible yeah but i'm able to play the way i am and like like i was saying the rising tide raises all ships If i would have focused more or if i would now focus more on those fundamentals Mm -hmm. i know i could be like a hundred times better than i am yeah because i have so much of like a like just spit together clay foundation that's holding everything up good yeah that if I just, like, reinforce that with the fundamentals, it'd be so so much better. And that's what a lot of, like, I see a lot of people would need to do. Like, yeah. again, it's, it's things I need to tell myself. Like,
2: yeah.
1: work on the basics. that And, like, yeah. dude, everything could change. Yeah. And that's another thing I've been focusing on with, like, photography. Like, that step back. I was like, I want to learn the basics. Like, I knew enough about the, co- like, composition of photography, rule of thirds, things like, all that stuff. Yeah. But, like... I'm, I, now I'm at the point where like, I want to learn the run and gun, like the street basics. Okay. Like just running around, like, what is it, what is it like taking this type of photography, doing this type of photography Mm -hmm. and really figuring out what I like the most? Because most of my work out there is like with models and stuff like that. I found out I fucking hate that. Do you? I hate it. I'm so good at it. I hate it. Really? Like all of my, like the, like the last thing that I posted on my Instagram, I show everybody because straight up, it looks like a Nike ad.
0: Really? I don't know if
1: you saw it. It was the one with my buddy. He's a rapper, and he's jumping out of the tube and east, down in Eastern Market.
0: Oh, that's sick. It literally looks yeah. like it could be a Nike
1: commercial, like. Yeah. but I still I found out that that's my least favorite working like style of photography is with like a model.
0: What What is it about it that you don't like? I don't know. It's yeah. just like...
1: When I see the pictures that I produce, I know they're good. But mm-hmm. They don't do anything for me. Okay. When I look at them, like, that picture is sick. I know if I wanted to, I could do more shit like that. Yeah. And, like, that wasn't planned at all. I don't plan any of my shoots like that. We mm-hmm. literally, was he was, like, he had seen my work um, and really, really, was, he was, like, the guy, he's a good, fr- like, he's becoming, like, kind of, like, a good acquaintance and Dude. a good friend. But he had been hitting me up for weeks. Yeah. And it was just kind of like a, I got to find time. I was super busy, but I was also kind of like burnt out with photography, so I wasn't pushing to get it done. Yeah. But he, but I finally was like, all right, we'll do this. This is kind of how I first work with people, anyways. We'll set up a day, we'll just go and we'll be super casual. Like, yeah. we're not going to plan the shoot, nothing. Like, we're just gonna go out to a location we wanna go to and just see what happens. And mm-hmm. that's what what we did is uh, a lot of times I take people down to Eastern Market because I'm familiar with the area from working down there with Epion Royal. Right. And I know a lot of cool places that I've gotten good photos. Like mm-hmm. uh, like around the actual Eastern Market sheds are cool. There's the De Quindar Cut. You can get a lot of really cool areas over there. And there's even like this abandoned building. Like it was like an old factory or something. And like the guy that owns it has even seen me taking photos in there before and it's never kicked me out. He's like, cool. you guys doing a photo shoot? Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, all right. And then he just drives away with his pickup. <laughs> cool. But cool. uh, yeah. like, that's what happened. We, I was like, yo, you want to meet up at Eastern Market? Let's just like walk around. I got some time at like seven o'clock until like nine. Let's just go down there. He's like, all right, cool. Like, what did you want to do? I was like, I-, I don't know. We'll figure out when we get there. Yeah. And like, we got a lot of really, really, really good shots too because it was literally like, I was like, all right, cool. We'll go to this spot and this spot. I like this the way that this little arcway looks in this shed. And then I know there's this building over here. We can get some cool shots. And we were like walking to the building. And I was like, oh, shit. I forgot they put all these colored tubes over here and stuff like that. So I was like, yo, you should just like go on one of the tubes and just do something. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) like, literally was just like, do something. Yeah. And he's like, all right, cool. I was like, just do a couple things and then I'll get a vision and I'll kind of start directing you as you move around. Hmm. And like, that's what happened. He was like doing a couple different like poses and stuff. And then I was like, yo, go to the back of that tube, get a running start and jump out this bitch. And I literally stood at the front of the tube and ran backwards holding the shutter to get that shot. And really? I uh, like purposely like allowed myself to fall backwards to get like uh, fall on my back to get all the shots. Yeah. So it's like things like that. I know I'm really good at using like a, a human subject in my photography, but the shit just doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I did that. But like, okay. Yeah. The stuff that I'm like the most proud of is like, there's one shot that I got uh, the same day as I got that leaf shot that i was telling you about this oh, one hmm. the one that got like showcased in italy and stuff yeah um my favorite photo ever taken was from that same day and it got like one of the least amount of like likes and comments and stuff on my mm-hmm. my entire page but i don't even care it's literally my favorite shot if i can find it
0: that's the one for you you know
1: it was it's around here somewhere It's all these damn posts this one that's literally my favorite shot i've ever taken it's like it was literally, I, it was at Dodge uh, Park right by my house.
0: Yeah.
1: And I literally was in the parking lot sitting there waiting for it to stop raining because I had nothing to do for like two hours. Yeah. So I was sitting in my car, like playing Pokemon on my phone, like waiting to get, uh, like waiting for the rain to stop to see if I can maybe walk around and shoot. And literally, the moment it stopped raining, I just walked through the park and was taking random photos. I had like 600 photos from that day. Yeah. And I came across this one and was just, like, whole, like this little area. It was literally, like, this is, like, that tree stump was actually, like, twice as tall, but it was submerged in, in like, flooded from water. Mm. And I was just like, dude, this, with the way that that, that curve and everything, it's got the yeah. symmetry. I was like, this looks like it would straight up be, like, a, a setting out of, like, a Lord of the Rings movie or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, I some weird woodland stuff. You'd see, like, sprites and fairies flying around or some shit yeah. like that. Or, like, maybe, like, an elf, like, trying, like, hunting or something like that. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, it's literally my favorite photo I've ever taken.
2: That's and idea. that's
1: what I've just started to learn is, like, trying to find what styles of photography actually speak to my heart. Hmm. And I've found that, like, landscape nature type stuff. Cool. But, like, off-the-wall stuff. Like, yeah, anybody can go and... St- Climb like on the the horseshoe bend in Utah and take a big like super sixteen millimeter wide angle shot of a scene and yeah it's gonna look good, but I like stuff like that. Yeah. Where it's like you're walking around like that's not something you see every day. It's really weird, like the conditions were perfect. Like I don't think I could recreate that shot if I tried.
0: Yeah. No
1: and I wasn't even trying to get the shot initially. Yeah. So like I kind of forgot where I was going with that on the, on this this whole tangent. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't I don't like using human subjects in my yeah. photography. Huh. I will I cuz I know like my abilities with it, so I still do it for like clients, like paying clients and stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't do it just for like fun anymore. Yeah. It's not something I enjoy yeah. really like I I don't know. It's strange. Oh man. Yeah. I like doing stuff like that, and I really like. Uh, I actually really love doing product photography. Pro- oh like, okay. Like super basic stuff. Like I've done a couple of things for uh, some businesses in Eastern Market that I just had so so much fun with. Like yeah. the video that I made of like uh like the twenty dollar photography setup or whatever. Yes. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, where yeah, like yeah. I I that was like one of the brands. I literally just took like random. I went to uh Michael's with twenty bucks and mm-hmm. bought like blank pieces of like cardboard and paper and shit yeah. and like really weird trinkets and like yeah. used things that i had sitting around my house and like my i literally cleaned like sat there with like cloth and paper towel cleaning off my my razor so i can use it in the yeah. shots and it wasn't yeah. covered in hair and yeah. shit. like i li- was using like my my watches yeah. and like random st- i have a uh um i have a replica of have you ever watched full metal alchemist
0: I know what you're talking about, but I have a
1: replica of uh, uh, Edward's uh, pocket watch. Okay. Like, I used that in the shot, too, because it just looks cool. Mm Like, shit like that. Like, I love that stuff because it forces me to think and get more creative, whereas, like, with a person... I just don't feel like I I, ha- I can be as creative. Because okay. it's also dependent on the individual. Certain individuals, mm-hmm. like your body shape and stuff like that, I feel like, and like the ex- facial expressions and things like that all kind of attribute to where like certain environments are clashing with the style you have that it's just way, I don't know, I just feel like there's more work put into it than like what I, I'm i willing to be happy with. Sure, yeah. I,
0: know. I know with the it's product weird. photography, man, like when, when I was, you know, Doing the podcast with Tim, you were in the background doing, you yep. know, shoot, you know, like that was always cool. to that see. That was like That's... a last
1: minute thing. He was like, "Hey, I got some uh, some shirts that like just got reprinted. Um, I, I it'd be cool if you want if you wanted to take some pictures." And I was like, "All right, fuck yeah!" I packed up all the stuff I bought for that video yeah. and like some extra stuff and just threw it in yeah. a separate backpack. Rolled up that boy two backpacks deep, <laughs> one with my all my camera stuff, and I literally just was just. It wasn't planned. He It wasn't like he was intentionally needing stuff for a website or anything like that. I was just like, yo, just hand me some shirts. I want to take some cool pictures. Yeah. And I tried to do, like, some cool flat lay stuff. I grabbed, like, my iPad, like, the iPad and all these cool little trinkets. Grabbed his camera and, like, the shirt was in the corner and stuff like that. And just, like, that stuff's fun to me because I feel like it's it, – I, I don't know. I think stuff like that is – it's very attributing to my my musical endeavor too. It's all composition to me. Right. It's like, all right, how do I these are the pieces that I have, these are the song parts or this is the instruments or yeah. like in photography, these are the the props that I have. How can I like puzzle these around in a way that I like? Yeah. That really makes me see what I want to see out of this. Sure. Yeah. And that's what I that's the cool thing with like product photography for me, is just yeah. that. And then with like the nature of photography and stuff like that, it's just I like it just because of the the variable. Yep. You can go to the same spot 8 times and get a shot that looks and feels completely different because right. of the weather, the environment, the light, the people around. Like a tree may have fallen in the time since you've gone and it changes the way the scene looks. Like, yeah. that shit's interesting to me because it's so different. Yeah. And That's it like cool. forces you to think outside of the box rather than just like you walk up, get the shot, walk away.
0: Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, cool man. Well, I know we've been I've been oh damn yeah about an hour 45 right now oh, so that's good Probably wrap it up but um yeah, yeah before we go i mean is there anything you want to plug or talk about
1: um yeah i mean i know i said a lot in this podcast i'm not really on social media but i still do try to check the stuff as a way for people to contact me so you can either follow like follow me on instagram uh i have the wanderlost media that's w-n-d-r-l-o-s-t media all one word um, and then my personal page is just like Doug underscore Peters, P-I-E-T-E-R-S. And you can find me on Facebook, stuff like that. Cool, so man. I know I do plan on uh, kind of showcasing some other stuff in in the meantime, but... I mean, if you if anybody wants to even just ask me more questions, stuff like that, that's the easiest way to. Yeah. If any other artists out there want to collaborate and stuff? I love working with other artists, and keeping yeah, keeping my mind fresh and creative. You're so.
0: a super approachable dude about that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm so that's like
1: cool. I'm I'm literally like the easiest person to approach. You can literally walk up to me and just be like, "Hey, you want to go get food and be friends?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Yep, that's me. <laughs>
0: well, cool, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to you know sit down and talk. To absolutely dude awesome. thank you for having me
1: out it's so cool experiencing like a podcast on a different level because most of the time when i do the podcast for epion royal it's just three of us hooting and hollering for like 30 minutes well, <laughs> and it's it, just man. chaos <laughs> yeah.
0: there's such an energy to that podcast though that i, yeah. I just love listening to it i, right I do too i
1: love like, like we just finished one last night and it was like so much fun because we literally had it's kind of like this we were like oh shit we need to stop this yeah because <laughs> <laughs> we're just going on and on and on and having fun and it's like that podcast if you ever want to watch uh i'm also a part of the Epion Royal Podcast E-P-Y-O-N-R-O-Y-A-L If you go on YouTube we've got like 23 or 24 episodes out and it's mostly that's us yeah, that podcast is. We don't try to be anything else. We're literally like nine times out of ten, we don't know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Nothing. We don't have anything planned. We're just like yeah, Thursday. We're going to meet at seven thirty this week. All right, cool. And then we get yeah. there, and then we just start.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: So like, yeah. it's super us. So if you ever want to hear me being a little bit more ignorant <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit more belligerent than than this, I tried to prim and proper myself up a little bit today um, and make myself sound a lot smarter than I am. Check out the Epion Royal podcast. I'm really dumb on there (laughs) (laughs) awesome
0: man well thank you
1: absolutely
0: for the listeners listening um you know if you want to help the podcast grow in any way just please leave a you know a rating and a comment on apple Podcasts. that just helps take take our podcast to the next level so thanks again doug and thanks for listening